2: It's time for the VolQuest Podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome into the Ball Quest Podcast. I am Eric Kane, alongside Brent Hubbs, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price. As always, a big thank you to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, for making all this coverage possible. You can uh, uh, get a free estimate by giving them a call today at 865-524-5888 and visiting them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Before we get into a a jam-packed show here today, I do want to make a quick mention that on Thursday night it's going to be Tennessee on a Thursday, January the fourth at Bridgestone Arena. That's the Nashville Predators hosting Tennessee Night Thursday, January the fourth at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, You got the Preds are going to be taking on the Calgary Flames, and uh, each ticket packs they have that they include this limited edition co-branded UT Preds hat for alums, students, and fans. Uh, so they can wear them and show their pride. If you're watching on YouTube, you see what that looks like right there. So go check it out. January 4th, Bridgestone Arena, Tennessee Night Nashville Predators against the Calgary Flames. UT Ticket Night Packages can be purchased at nashvillepredators.com slash college nights. All right, we got a lot to get into. A busy weekend in recruiting, both at the prep level and in the transfer portal level. First, let's talk about some transfer portal commits. Awesome price. Tennessee had to have a tight end, got its tight end, arguably, number 1 on its board uh that's Holden Stays from Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I mean in reality he was hold but he was number 1 on on Tennessee's board. Um Jordan Dingle was right there with him, um, you know, but I mean what got Stays ahead of him was the fact that he you know he hit the portal sooner. And you know, it kind of you know beat Dingle to the punch and then, you know, at the, at the end of the day like, you know, jumped him before Dingle did. I mean, Tennessee would have absolutely taken Jordan Dingle, um, but you know Holden Stays was the guy that, you know, they kind of really enjoyed getting to know. They felt like you know uh, he would mesh well in that room, and uh, an older guy with some uh, veteran qualities is something that they were really looking forward to uh, add to uh, Ethan Davis uh, and Emmanuel Collier And then they'll love they'll look to add a couple of these uh, high school tight ends, uh, you know, in the next couple of days. We'll so see if they are able to land either one of Harrison or um, you know the, you know Rodriguez kid from Kentucky. But either way, Holden Stays was a big get hover because you know you needed somebody to come in and kind of stabilize that room and help Ethan Davis come along because you see him becoming more of a factor in year two.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And they had a selling point with McCollin-Castles. I mean, the, the, listen, the, the year the year for McCollin-Castles here was a good year for McCollin-Castles. Um, it helped Tennessee, but it's going to help McCollin-Castles as well um, but with where he's at in, in his pro stock. It also doesn't hurt Rob Lewis, Princeton, fan, Princeton fans on an active roster in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. So you've got some things to sell. Uh, to, to a tight end, and, and they had to have one. It was simply a matter of first one jump in the boat, and it was Stace.
1: Yeah, and not just – you know. I don't know that Jacob Moore is going to play in the NFL hover, but you can, you know, ter- flip on his page in the media guide and see what he did before Josh Heupel and company got here and and what he did, you know, after. And and I think Castles is a, a great endorsement, you know, if, if you're a tight end of the transfer portal looking at this offense. I mean, it's not just about fit, you know, but how quickly can – they get me acclimated and get me a part of things, and, and, and pretty clearly, you know, they demonstrated with with castles that that they they can do that pretty efficiently.
3: And by the way, one other side note, AP, um, I think Tennessee should do whatever they can to throw a touchdown pass to Jacob Warren in this bowl game, so that he is tied for the all time school record for career touchdown receptions as a tight end. Get him one.
0: Yeah. yeah. I- I- I think tied would be good. I don't know about break because I'm not a big fan of like guys that have been around for like you know a, a long time. It's kind of like the kid that would have had a chance to break Miravich's record, but to tie it, absolute. I'm one million percent on board with that. I, I, we're in this era where like a lot of records are going to fall because kids will have played you know 15 more games than right. everybody else. Same but with like, baseball. To tie, perfect. I think that's yeah, good. For, you know, he's not ahead well, of well. anybody, but he's not behind anybody either.
3: Yeah. And he's a guy that the previous staff didn't want here, got forced into taking.
0: That's right. They did. They, I mean, they, 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 Brian, they, Niedermeyer, Brian Niedermeyer did his best to cut Jacob Warren and Ollie Lane, for that matter. And uh, Philip Fulmer stepped in and said, We're not doing that. We're not yeah. cutting the local kids whose kids, whose dad, in Jacob's case, whose dad played at Tennessee. And uh, both those guys, I think it's my favorite part of this team, Hubs. It's not the you know, 11 and 2 team from a year ago, but. This team, uh, my favorite part is is Jacob Warren, who came back and has paid that off and you know big time with the year he's had, and Ollie Lane, who's my favorite story on this whole team, because you know he'll have memories that last a lifetime. Yep, one hundred percent, and that's why I get Jacob Warren the record. I'd throw him
3: one. I, or I'm tie <laughs> tied the record. I mean, I, I would. I was as a reward. I I would throw him one if I got in the red zone. It's not like this has been a great red zone team anyway, right? Someone make the case he'd already have that tied record if he'd have caught the ball at Alabama, but that's a whole story for a different day. Mm-hmm. But I, I would get him one in this in this game against Iowa if I could. I think he deserves it.
2: It's like baseball with a home run record where you had um, you know Luke Lipsius and Evan Russell battling it out, and the, both those guys were here for five, six years. But and then Christian Moore, the
0: three year guys this year. Yeah. yeah Two yeah, guys are battling it out for it this year. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, Christian Moore probably going to get it this year along with Blake Burke. All right, uh, AP, what is Tennessee going to get in Holden stays? I mean, we we can look at the stats online and everything, but what does Tennessee like about his ability? What's he going to bring to the room? And kind of what are his strengths?
0: A kid that can really run at the the tight end spot. Um, I think he's a straight line speed guy. He's not a guy with a ton of wiggle, um, you know, but I think as a physical kid um, who I think under Alec Ablin, people want to know what does Alec Ablin bring? I mean, as a recruiter, he's still figuring it out. I mean, he's learning on the job. That ain't his fault. He's just I mean, like he's learning it on the fly. From a coach's standpoint, though, if you're not, if you're a tight end and you want to learn how to block, why would you not want to learn from an old offensive lineman? Like, I mean, like a, a guy that understands the system, has been with Josh Heupel um for several years, been with Glenn Ellerby for several years. I think that's the feather in his cap for a guy like Holden Stays, for Ethan Davis, who's known more as a pass catcher for any of these you know, freshmen that potentially could come in is to figure out the blocking assignments, um, you know, uh, through, under, under Alec allocated And I think that goes a long way, um, you know, to kind of the development of a guy like Holden Stays, who, again, physically is a really good-looking kid, a big physical kid. And now, you know, if he gets down the blocking side of things and, and all that, I think can really take his game off.
3: Yeah, and I go back to my, I go back to Castles. I mean, Castles talked about it when he met with the media on, on Monday, just about how much better he is in, in the run game, and he credited Alec Ablin for that as an old offensive line coach. So uh, I would imagine that that if if Holden stays, did his did his homework while he was on campus, he spent a good amount of time with Castles to to figure out why it worked for him and why it would work for him if he came to Tennessee.
2: All right, let's look at another transfer portal commit from this past weekend. Uh, MTSU committed to Oregon State. Tennessee gets into flip from Oregon State, coming out to Knoxville. Jacoby Thomas, a defensive back, a safety. Um, really, really good season in 2022, AP. Uh, a, f- a fine season in 23, but a guy that's got experience and a guy that's going to be not only a body, but somebody to push and compete in that Tennessee defensive secondary.
0: Yeah, and, and a kid that, again, where, not that you can't take every Tennessee kid because it, that, that's just not realistic, but a kid who really, you know, I guess, cherishes the idea of playing for Tennessee. I think that's a big feather in his cap. He has been productive at MTSU. um, And and so, you know, a lot of people kind of got, you know, I I kept getting people texting me, messaging me, like, is this a bad sign? Because, you know, he he was pretty open about, like, I went ahead and committed to Oregon State because I wanted to lock something in. Because some coaches called you, checked in on you, then didn't call you back. And so when Coach Banks called him originally, he went ahead and locked in Oregon state and then coach Banks was like, you're impatient. He's like, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to lose my spot elsewhere. Um, I I don't think that's a problem at all. I think, you know, Tennessee reaches out to a ton of kids every day and just to kind of see, you know, where they're at, then they do their due diligence and, you know, or or another kid pops in, they like, and they, 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 you know, go that direction. Um, I I think this kid, you know, again, has been super productive Hubber at MTSU. Um, How does it translate to the SEC? Time will tell. For every Jared Verse going from Albany to Florida State, there's an Isaiah Nayor going from Wyoming to Texas and then back to the transfer portal. So who knows how this translates because I don't think you really can know. Did anybody know two years ago Jared Verse was going to have the impact he had at Florida State? It's easy to say, yeah, now, but I don't think that anybody just envisioned that he was going to be a two-year, like, dominator. Um, and, and everybody would have swore that Isaiah Nayor was going to have this fantastic career at Texas, and then he gets injured and so on and so forth. And now he's back in the portal. So, again, to each his own, we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, I, I would say for every Jared Verse, there's probably a, a dozen or more guys who didn't produce and didn't yeah, make any kind of impact jumping from, from that level up forward. I will say this about, about Thomas. T- Tennessee spent – a long time in evaluating that one, because I think it was pretty common knowledge that the minute Tennessee offered, he was going to jump into the, he was going to jump into the fold. Right. Correct. Um, so I, I think that Tennessee did their due diligence on that one and spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people uh, that had played against him. Um, remember that staff's not there. Probably talked to some people that used to be on that staff.
0: You know I mean? You the know, players are still there.
3: Right, and, and just saying, hey, you know, do you think he can play in the SEC? Does it translate to, to the point of, of getting, you know, getting whether or not they got comfortable there or didn't get comfortable with it? And obviously, they did and made the offer, but that's why that one took a little time because Tennessee, they vetted that one out really, really hard to make sure that that was somebody they felt like would, would translate to the SEC. Time will tell, uh, but Tennessee did not – oh, he went in the portal, let's offer and go. That was a very much, okay, we know he's in the portal. We're going to take 10 days to figure out whether we think he could play. I mean, they watched everything they could find on that kid and talked to everybody they could talk to.
2: Yeah, he'll need to keep his head up. That, that last photo we just you know, saw I on the screen here. I mean, you're going to be eating food through a straw if you don't get that head up, but, man, that's a, that's a bad pitch. Come on, Rever. Nah, Um, We'll get to some more transfer portal targets now here in a moment, but – I do want to get your thoughts real quick, AP, in a moment. Uh, junior college defensive lineman Jamal Wallace uh, announces his commit for the class of 2024. Rob, uh, you know, it, it, you got a guy that was was a skill guy in high school a couple of years ago, and he puts on close to 100 pounds, and he's weighing in at about 302, playing weights around 285, 290. It never hurts to have more defensive linemen, Rob. And as we know, Rodney Gardner loves to play so many defensive linemen. So continuing to replenish that, and remember, next year you're gonna have a lot of guys that leave. So I think this is a, a big hit in that regard.
1: Oh, I just, you know, some fans are looking at his stats when he had three and a half sacks, you know, last, last year in JUCO. My my take on anybody that, that Coach Gardner wants, especially if it's a JUCO guy that's you know 20 years old, that's you know two years out of high school, like you said, Eric has changed his body. Is I'm, I'm probably gonna defer to what, what Coach Gardner thinks in his, in his evaluation, and uh, he's proven time and again that uh you know he knows what he's talking about it, it you know it's an age-old saying you you can't have too many of those guys up front and you know Tennessee obviously losing something off the edge there with Tyler Barron. and again I just if Rodney Garner is excited about a guy then that, that's that's usually enough for me I mean how many guys has he come in you know brought in under the radar that turned into productive players here
2: yeah a- AP I mean give us a whole scoop on Jamal Wallace he just came off his official visit all that and more but he- he's more of an edge guy but he it feels like he's got the frame to where he can bump inside down the line right
0: i think that's where he's going to be i mean i okay. think he's got a strong side defensive end kind of like tyler baron that can bump inside yeah um at least initially i mean you know you you laid out the fact that he's put on 100 pounds uh from the start from the end of high school to now i'd love to see his pictures in senior year you know of high school um just gonna be I mean, 100 pounds i mean like i'm overweight i can't imagine adding 100 pounds i mean like you know, it just would dramatically change how you look. Um, and so, um, you know, for me, like, I, you know, I, seems like a really good kid. They play him oddly, Brent, at the uh, at the juco level. Like, he doesn't even put his hand on the ground. He legitimately stands up at, you know, near 300 pounds. And then, like, if you go back and watch some of his huddle films, there's a play right there at the end of um, my interview with him where he's literally out guarding a receiver and then comes like on, a corner, like on a corner blitz, you know. And, it, I mean, like, it's odd how they used him. So, it'll be different, I think, for him when he gets here and all of a sudden is predominantly a guy that, you know, has his hand on the ground.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, is this that Tyree West type position, Dom Bailey, where you can He's play a guy strong, strong side outside and then slide him in in some deals? Yeah. Or, or does he end up being able to just – does he just slide in and stay in at, at some point in time? I, I think I think that's the curiosity I have with him in the spring. I mean, is he a guy who's going to stay at this weight? Are they going to get him to cut weight down? I mean, is the 100 pounds all really good weight, or is there some stuff there that all of a sudden you can look up and he can weigh 265 or 270 as opposed to 295?
2: How many defensive tackles are on roster for
0: 2025? Not a lot. Yep. Exactly. You lose a bunch. It's basically Hobbs. David uh, Hobbs. You know, and then, you know, the two freshmen did not play this year. I mean, you look at the, Trevor Duncan, Nathan yeah, Robinson. Dropped. Those are guys that, you know, could bump inside. They will keep getting bigger. So,
3: Yeah, I'd be curious to see where, the, where, where, where this Wallace kid is in, in springtime. I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. When he gets on a training table, when he gets in a workout schedule, no offense to the junior college world, I mean, he's got resources here that, that he's going to have that he's never had before. So what does his frame look like? I think this will be pretty fascinating to, to watch and see.
2: All right, so we're going to take a look at some more transfer portal targets here in just a moment. Do want to give a quick shout out real quick to uh, the Nashville Predators hosting University of Tennessee night. That's going to be January the 4th, going to be a Thursday at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, they're going to be taking on the flame. Sick of prices for that night included a limited edition co-branded UT Preds hat for alums, students, fans, all that they, they can wear and they can show off their pride. Uh, for UT night ticket packages, go check out NashvillePredators.com slash college night. So go ahead and check that out. I uh, also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event, whether that's a sporting event, comedy event, theater, all that and more near you. The Tennessee Theater, uh, you've got, um, you know, Neyland Stadium. You got Thompson Bowling Arena, Food City Center, all that and more. You can buy tickets to those events, those sporting events, those concerts, all that and more over by using the game time app last minute tickets flash deals zone deals lowest price guarantee even event cancellation protection job loss protection as well a perfect christmas gift can be downloading the game time app and buying tickets for that tennessee fan in your life for the year of 2024. download game time app create an account use the promo code vols vols for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code vols vols for $20 off. Download Game Time Today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. And as always, a big thank you to our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey dad, a tree fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here and the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people, is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use. In that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions.
1: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
2: Exterior Home Solutions, they can help you as well at 865-524-5888. All right, back in here on the Ball Quest podcast. Let's look at some transfer portal targets who Tennessee's in communication with. Some of these guys have taken visits over the last week here to Tennessee. AP, let's start with wide receiver Chris Brazel. Where is Tennessee with a former two-lane wide receiver?
0: Well, I think Tennessee's in a pretty good spot there. Um, You know, he he visited Washington. um, He visited Utah. He visited Colorado after the Tennessee visit. All whirlwind week. I mean, like this kid went from you know, Houston, which is where his old coach, you know, Willie Fritz is at, to Tennessee, to Utah, to Washington, to to Colorado. Um, I feel like Tennessee is the team to beat here. He's a big athletic, um, you know, kid who ultimately, like, I mean, when you think about it, like, I mean, that's what Tennessee, we've been saying this on the podcast. What's Tennessee want at the receiver position? An outside guy. So, uh, you know, as we said here, like, I feel like Tennessee is a pretty good spot here.
2: All right, tell me where Tennessee is right now with defensive back Jermon McCoy, former, formerly of Oregon State, another guy that was here about midweek last week.
0: Another guy that, you know, Tennessee really worked hard. You know, once he went in the portal, like, he wasn't scheduled to be here. In fact, he talked about coming here in January for a visit, and Oklahoma kind of drugged their feet a little bit, and Tennessee swoops in, gets him to campus. Uh, he's not – doesn't look like he's going to take in a visit to uh, – Oklahoma or Oregon, two teams that want him to visit in January. And uh, he went to A&M after his Tennessee visit. Um, Willie Martinez and the dad have a lot of mutual connections. They didn't realize that until they got on the phone and started talking about things and ended up knowing uh, several different people. So, he's done a pretty good job here. Um, Texas kid, Texas A&M the last visit. I don't think that that necessarily always applies, though, out of the transfer portal. Out of high school – as we always like to say the rule is the rule when a lot, with a lot of these recruits but i don't think the rule is always as hard and fast out of the transfer portal.
3: Yeah, i i agree with you AP when you talk about transfer portal in general. Uh, i think a lot of those rules just go out the window, right? I mean, they are older. Yeah, childhood team growing up. I mean, there's some circumstances where where it makes sense, but you know, going home to play is not always the the, the case, right, Rob? I mean, it, it's about fit. Look at Look at Dalton Connect. I mean, he's at Tennessee because he felt like it was the best fit for him. Castle's whole family packs up from California and heads this way because he felt like Tennessee was the best fit for him. So it's much more of a business decision that second time going through the recruiting process as a transfer.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially, you know, with the older guys, with your grad transfers in, in, in particular. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree, even with a freshman, I mean, you, you've lived, you know, if you've gone to Oregon State from Texas, I mean, you've, you've gotten over the distance. I mean, maybe you liked it. Maybe maybe if you didn't like it, you at least found that, it, you know, you didn't mind that it wasn't a detriment to your college experience. So, yeah, I, I just I, I think AP makes a great point there. I, I don't think the pull towards towards home is is the same when you're when you're talking about a transfer. And, you know, you've been you, you know what college football is all about. I mean, you know that, you know, like you say, however, I mean, part of it is a business decision. I mean, and, and you've got to do what's best for you.
3: Yeah, and you understand depth charts much better as a 20-year-old yep. who's been in a program for two years. As for some sheet of paper, somebody gives an 18-year-old that says, hey, you're going to start. You yep. know what I mean? I, I mean, your research level is just at a total different place because mentally, you're to me, you're at a total different place as a transfer versus a high school kid. Um, I just think that the mindset's different. I think the other thing that's interesting too, AP, you mentioned this, we hear a lot of times in the high school ranks about, well, they offered first, first team to call. And that's a big deal. I think you can overcome that in the high school ranks, but it's a bigger deal in the transfer portal, right? I mean, you talk about Oklahoma drug their feet a little bit, all of a sudden Tennessee swoops in. It is a tight window. That's why you have to be really organized. If you're a school getting ready to go through the transfer portal stuff in, in terms of what your plan is. Cause I mean, look, Dingle went late, and it cost him an opportunity to go to Tennessee as a tight end transfer, right? It's Oklahoma, okay. Though. He told
0: he told he told he told our boy up there that he was staying on Wednesday.
2: Uh, well, okay, he still took him yeah. awesome, to an Tennessee. opportunity for that program.
0: Still <laughs> took a visit. T- still took a visit to Tennessee on Friday. Only left the visit after stays committed, and also talked to Colorado, Florida, Auburn. I mean, like I can keep going. I mean, like just
2: stay off Twitter.
0: <laughs> but then you look you you look at you look at
3: McCoy you know and and all of a sudden Oklahoma's out because they didn't get there fast enough. So the timing in the transfer portal stuff with this tight window that you're in is pretty significant both for the school and for the prospect or, or the kid transferring
0: as well. Absolutely. I mean I, it is it is really important to get the kids here first. Like I just don't think you want to be last cuz I just at minimum you want to be second like you know you if a kid's going to take four visits the chances that he gets to the fourth visit are slim unless yeah, you're boy. talking about a kid who didn't really get to go through the process at the high school level and they're getting a, a second a second lease on this thing right like i think at that point it changes it a little bit but for any kid that's kind of went through it in high school they don't want to go through all that again it's more of a business decision in out be done and if you're if it's not that way, then I'm not sure you want all the drama that's involved.
3: Well, and the other thing, the other thing too, Rob is, I mean, coaches aren't lying to portal kids when they say, "Hey, we're taking the first one." No, that's- right? I mean, you you may not have a spot here come Monday. A high school kid, that's just pressure, right? Because the high school kids go, like, "Yeah, they're going to hold me a spot," right? I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's different well, with the transfer portal kids. In well, and also
1: with a high school kid, you might be telling that kid that when he's on your campus in May. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he, you know, he's got all kinds of times. You're you're telling the portal kid that and he's got, you know, ten days, two weeks to decide. And and I think another side of it too, why you it you gotta be fast and, and if not just fast but efficient is because these kids want to have a spot. You know, they, they don't they don't want to entertain twelve suitors who you know are kind of dancing around, you know, do we want you? Do we want you? I mean, they want to guaranteed that, that they have a home because we've talked about a lot I mean, these kids go into the portal and a, and a lot of them get lost um and you know everybody's not Walter Nolan I mean everybody's you know not going to have every program hold a spot for them. I mean some kids are look are anxious to find a home
2: you look at the way Tennessee's offensive line is kind of coming together for 2024 your tackles are back your center announced he's coming back at this time you feel good about your right guard and so you need help in the inside. Um, Jalen Farmer, coming from Florida, officially visited Tennessee last week, exited it on Friday. He even said, Tennessee wants me at left guard. If I were to come here, yada, yada. Uh, Jalen Farmer doesn't have a whole lot on tape. Awesome, but a guy that Tennessee's clearly interested in, and they just need some help in the interior right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking, uh, you'd love to find a young tackle that is, is comfortable, you know, sitting. You'd love to find interior help. I think you'd love to find the center. Um but at the same time, you also got to figure out kind of like, you know, what – what I mean, how many spots do you have left? And, uh, you know, for Tennessee right now, I mean, they, they've got to continue to kind of build around the interior of the offensive line, Brent, because you know kind of where you're at at tackle next year. Everybody's back minus J.J. Crawford. And uh, you've got to continue to bring some of these younger guys along. Sham Umarov, this is an important offseason for him. And uh, they, they've got to continue to kind of, you know, build to me inside out, even though they're not super deep at tackle. I just don't think they have like a a locked in group of guys on the interior.
3: Yeah. Here's the thing too, that I wonder a little bit about sham and vice and Lang and some of these other guys. I mean, can you really make any kind of judgment on them and where they're truly at through, you know, what? 12 bowl practices here in Knoxville before you go to a bowl site. And can you make enough judgment that determines what you may or may not need in the portal? Right? Sure. I, I think that, I think it's fascinating. Can you make a real decision on how helpful you think some of those guys are going to be in 24 for you versus, Hey, let's, let's get a, let's get a portal guy. Who's a, who's older that we can sort of help ourselves in the interior for 24. If we get in an emergency situation And then we'll kind of see where we're at in 25. Or do you think, Rob, one of these young kids we think can handle things in 24 if he gets thrown into action the way Elijah Herring did at linebacker? And maybe it's not as big of a priority for an offensive lineman in the portal as you thought it was going to be. I I think, I think it's some, I think some evaluation parts in this month is another interesting element to the transfer
1: portal. Yeah, I I agree. But I mean, how, I mean, you're putting a lot of stock in just, you know, evaluations on the practice field. I know, this is one of your, I give you a chance to get on your soapbox about, you know, how valuable it might have been to get a look at, you know, Sham against Austin P or, or or UT San Antonio for, for some meaningful reps. So, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you that you got to use every tool you have to evaluate these guys and your needs and in the portal era. But, man, that's, I'm just not sure, you know, how much, you know, worth there is in these bowl practices for, for that kind of, you know, big, I mean, that's a big time decision. I mean,
3: Sure. Sure. But you're also talking about it. You're also talking about a kid and I'm not picking on You're also talking about the farmer kid who who didn't play at Florida. Same way you, same way you went Andre Carrick last year and Mincy. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. But, but Carrick had played tight end basically. And then you're turning him into a guard, you know, when he gets here, and obviously he got hurt and then Ollie Lane took that job and, and you know kept it when he got moved back to the guard position. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's I don't think you completely change your portal narrative based on bowl practices, but I wonder if it changes some things a little bit, you know, when you look at some guys over the course of the the first couple of weeks of, of the month of December. Maybe not. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, mean,
1: I, I bet it's an angle. I mean, I bet it exists to some degree. Whereas right. Five years ago it didn't it didn't exist at right. all.
3: Right. Exactly. You know,
1: if, if if Joe Smith had a you know has a bad practice on, on Tuesday, you know, five years ago, who cares now? If Joe Smith looks like he can't play dead on Tuesday, maybe you go in and you're you know pick up the phone and call him, you know, put the full court press on Farmer.
2: Last one from the portal in terms of targets that we're gonna talk about here. AP is Devin Marshall from Villanova. Tennessee offered him the cornerback last week. I had a chance to spend some time on campus. What does Tennessee like about him? Kind of what's his path?
0: I think his path is determined by what Jermon McCoy does. Um, You know, if if Jermon McCoy ends up at Tennessee, then I don't think Devin Marshall will. Um, I mean, you can't take a ton of corners. I mean, I get taken one. I I can get taken one safety. But I don't think you can take a bunch of these guys because, again, stunts the growth of your football team. From, a, from the youth perspective from those young guys and I'm not going to get on my soapbox because the general's quarter is just tired of hearing us drive this narrative so I will move on. yeah but
3: you but you so, you saw this week young guys going in the portal. I mean the patience level out there is not very high um, around the country with, with young players going in the portal that's something you have to you certainly have to, to look at and, and be mindful of and, and I'm not I'm not going to get on that soapbox I'm just saying this is the reality of college football now
0: AP. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, and and let's face it. What what's Tennessee doing? They are bringing back older guys. So all those young guys are looking around, going, "Hmm, I thought I was going to, get to play next year, but now they brought all these guys back because they have COVID years." And that's a frustrating part. And it is what it is. I mean, like, you know, it, decisions have to be made on all on all sides. And and I don't think anybody might Tennessee's losing anybody from here to the from here to the house that, that matters. I'm just saying, like. You have to think about these things when you're bringing guys in, how it affects your room, all that stuff.
2: AP, tell me about a high school targets in tight end Cole Harrison from California. Of course, there's another tight end uh, target from the high school ranks Rodriguez, who's a commit of Kentucky. What does Tennessee like about these two tight ends? Um, Is it kind of one of the same thing? First one, first? No, I think they take both. I think they'll
0: take both. Um, So I don't think it's first in gets the spot. I think they're, there's legitimately two spots. I mean, they just they don't have any bodies in that room, so they yeah. got to add some people. Now, if you're saying who has the chance to play earliest, uh, as of right now, you probably say Rodriguez, just because he's about 240. Cole Harrison's about 220. Um, but, you know, I think the upside for Cole Harrison's really, really good. So, like, I think that Tennessee would love to have both if they could get them. Um, be interested to kind of see how the next uh, 48 hours or so plays out, leading into or 24 hours.
2: Uh, plays out
0: heading into uh, national signing day on
2: Wednesday. And then the last one I want to ask you about is Marad Watson, Kent state commit defensive lineman. Uh, Rodney Garner has been out to see him talk with him a little bit. What do you like about Marad Watson with Syracuse jumping in there and, and some other power five programs?
0: Yeah. That one feels like Syracuse to me. Um, You know, New Jersey kid, um, you know, Syracuse has got a little bit of juice right now um, with, with their hire and, and, you know, the, the, defensive line new coach hired from Texas A&M. Yeah, a new quarterback. But the, the Texas, Texas A&M defensive line coach that went, um, you know, with that new staff. I think that's uh that to me is probably one to watch for Murad Watson.
2: We continue to look at roster management as you move on and get ready for the bowl game, of course, the Citrus Bowl, but also players leaving the program, entering the transfer portal. And, Brent, it's kind of weird. I know we're a couple of years into the transfer portal cycle, but you're seeing Tyler Barron go to Ole Miss – Mary McDonald go to Ole Miss. D'Anico Slaughter go to Arkansas. Addison Nichols get a lot of love from Arkansas as well. Uh, it's it's kind of weird seeing players who have been here going to other SEC programs for one year, but it's the reality of where you are right now and where college football is.
3: Yeah, and and you know, Elijah Herring was asked about it on Monday. He said, Hey, they're our teammates, we support them. They had to do whatever they had to do for themselves. And um that this is this is the new age of college football. And there's some things that are frustrating about it um, it giveth and it taketh away Rob and and there's there's no other way to look at it and, and as a coaching staff you got to decide who you're willing to let walk who you're not willing to let walk what's their value I mean that these are the GM things in college athletics right now uh, that that coaches are having to get their trying to get their hands around and figure out because it's not monopoly money even though everybody thinks it is I don't it's know however
0: it I is mean, an Ole Miss all this is added the Richardson kid from Mississippi State on Monday. They're expected to add Walter Nolan. They've added Juice Wales, Tyler Barron. Like it may be monopoly money for Lane. Well, I mean, I,
3: you know, it's clear they're all in for this for, for for 24, and we'll see what that makes their what that makes like what what it makes their situation look like for 25. Rob, there's a bunch of kids going into portal at Florida State. They were they were all in to make their run heavy in the portal went big time with a lot of big time players last year, which was good for them. Now they got some big time players looking to leave because they can't get the money deals that they want at Florida State. So um, it, it's an interesting business side that this that the world of college athletics has never seen before.
1: Yeah, I, I just I mean I don't know when it will be or what it'll look like, but I, I just think at some point in time it, it's going to have to normalize again. I don't I don't know what that will look like if it's collective bargaining or or what it is, but I, and I don't think it will happen tomorrow, but sometime, but to, to your point, Hubbard about, you know, players being asked about it. I think that's one thing fans, you know, some fans at least will be surprised. I mean, there's not, there's not a sense of betrayal from, from, you know, the, the current players, the guys that are on the roster. I mean, they don't feel like guys have, you know, tur- or at least in my experience, the guys you know, that we've dealt with, and I'm talking about both sports, um, you know, they, like, like you said, I mean, they, their, their stance is, you know, guys have to do what's best for them. And I mean, I think players feel empowered. I mean, I feel like, you know, they've, they're the guy, even the guys that, that are, that stay are glad they they have the option. I mean, they're not staying because they have to, they're staying because they want to.
3: Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting, Eric, when you look at this thing as it goes along, are you going to see some college programs go the Florida Marlins route and basically try to try to, Spend all the money in one year to 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 try to win a championship and then fire sell that thing basically, um, you know the next year type deal. I mean, are schools going to go that route? Um, are is it going to settle back into development in the high school ranks? Uh, I, I think the next three to five years, two to five years in this thing is going to be, it's going to be pretty fascinating to see. Now, if if this thing is going to go through where you can transfer as many times as you want to, I don't know what the hell you're going to do in roster management. I really don't. I don't have any idea.
0: I I just don't see that being a long term deal. Like I think that's that, that to me is some judge who doesn't realize the ramifications and you know, I just think that that, that gets shot back down.
1: Well AP, yeah. I think you made some good points. I saw your post on the board about you know how does it affect chemistry. I mean and and I mean I think that's gonna be fascinating to to kind of see what happens with a place like Ole Miss where it does look like they're all in. I mean when things don't you know, go as, as expected. I mean, what what kind of impact does that have on your locker room when you and I, and I am not disparaging any of these kids. I mean, I think they should do what's whatever's best for them. But but you know, when you do have a bunch of rental of players who you know have signed up for 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 one year, you know, when when you do hit some adversity, you know, how how does that you know impact your locker room, your team, your culture?
2: Yeah, and I, I think the. The, the expanded college football playoff will play a role in this as, as well, right? I mean, Ole Miss would be a playoff team this year. Tennessee would be a playoff team last year. Look at Ole Miss. You know, it, it's heavy in the portal last cycle. Um, you know, again, would be a college football playoff team this year, likely. It's going to be heavy in the playoffs. It's going to be heavy in the portal, obviously, right now. Is it a top-four team? Is it a top-12 team? Um, just kind of how you prioritize building your roster. I mean, I think we can all agree the The you know, the – the lifeline of your program is through the prep recruiting levels. It's you know bringing in guys and developing guys and all that. But where you put an emphasis on going and get plug and play players and how much that benefits you. We're talking SEC championships, appearances in the college football playoffs, national championships. Where's that line? And we're going to figure it out right now. I mean, Ole Miss is going to figure it out. A and M did not work this year. Florida State had a good run. Um, obviously, didn't get in the playoffs. But I, I think again, kind of what Brent said. Over the next couple of years, it's going to kind of Kind of kind of figure it out. Now I think it might be different from every single program. Yeah, I mean I, I don't
0: dis, I no no I don't disagree. I mean I, I think that if you're lane and you can kind of start trying to envision the dominoes falling, like you know, probably and Max is not happy about this portal activity either. But like when you see when you see the possibility that Florida could be open a year from now. Why not go all in if you're Ole Miss? Now, Lane's got maybe different motives than Ole Miss has as a as a as as an institution as far as going all yeah. in. But, I mean, like, why not go all in? It's either going to go boom or it's going to go bust. And, and uh, you know, is this the portal version of A&M's high school class from a few years ago? You know, uh, these kids are all older. Um, one would imagine that that's, a, that that's a benefit. Like the high school kids are 18. These kids are 21, 22 years old. Um, and so I, I do think I'm fascinated to kind of see how this works. I mean, they obviously have a quarterback set up with Dart. They've got the Judkins back kid back who's you know on top running backs in college football, so they have a ton. Now they've added to the defensive side. They've added Juice Wells. Going to be interesting to kind of see how um, it all plays out. If they win a bunch early, then I'd say the excitement level and the donations to the collective in Oxford go up. If they disappoint early, down.
2: And we'll see how it all plays out. And, of course, we'll be tracking everything from the Tennessee angle right here at VolQuest.com. Loads and loads of recruiting talk, both in the transfer portal happening right now at VolQuest.com and signing day. Signing day is just around the corner, literally a day away. And up until signing day, $54.99. Limited access and scoop over at Our signing day sale, $54.99 for one year or $1 for one month.
3: Yeah, and Rob, let's get a quick thought on the hoops thing here before we get out the door. I know we're getting ready to get out the door on the podcast here, but Tennessee gets a late-night win over Texas A&M. What, what do you make – I know that the schedule is really light for Tennessee now until you get to conference play. So let's look at it from a conference play standpoint. Where do you think this team is? Where do you think they are a big picture with the conference now that the conference is uh, – you've seen you know several teams play. Tennessee was picked to win this thing. But what do you make of where Tennessee is – um, as you get ready to turn the calendar into the end of the year in conference play,
1: I mean, I think they're in a pretty good spot. I, um, you know, you look at the, you know, they're, they've got three losses in, in the you know middle of the, uh, middle of December, but you know also you look at the top twenty five this week, and two of those losses are just, number one Purdue, and number two Kansas. So, you know, I I think this team is battle tested. Um, you know, I like what what we saw from them Saturday. I think it was really encouraged to see them score 79 points and hold off it. You know, I'm not, NC State went great, but they're solid to, to win that game when Dalton Connect just, you know, just did not have it. You know, two points, one to seven shooting. And I, and I thought probably my biggest takeaway from that game, Hubbard, and, and I think what you have to be encouraged by with this team is just the second half and how they could lean on the veterans. Um, you know, they Tennessee wasn't great offensively, but they Josiah Jordan-James came through. Sakai, I mean, played 38 minutes. That's huge, you know, coming off the knee. And, and Santi out there was making – you know didn't didn't score a bunch of points, but Santi was right in the thick of, of everything going on in a way that you know he was not when when Rick pulled him at Chapel Hill a, a couple weeks ago. So I, I thought just the veterans knowing how to win, clamping down in a close game, and, and and coming through like they did in a night when when Connect just wasn't a factor offensively.
3: Josiah's not going to score. I mean like he did and shoot the ball like he did but rob he's put together a stretch of about four games here um that have been that's been really good um is has he found a consistency are you are you buying that he has become a a legitimate consistent offensive player for tennessee or are you still in the mindset of let me see him do it and In a two or three week grind in the SEC.
1: Well, I mean, I think you still want to see that, but I mean, it's big because I know me and you have talked about it, and I've written it. You know, I thought Josiah was really benefiting more than anybody from from Dalton being out there with him and just you know finding some some space and some freedom uh, that just wasn't there previously. But you know, that wasn't the case Saturday night against NC State. Josiah stepped up offensively and, and took it. You know, put it on his shoulders in a way that I don't know that we've ever seen him. Before, I mean, he he scored twenty three points, but he got ten of those points in the last you know six seven minutes of the game, and and there were some big shots in that you know a couple of big threes, some clutch free throws. So you know I I, I don't he's not going to be a twenty point a game scorer, hover, but I do think he's in a in a way different place offensively from a from a confident standpoint, and also I mean he's gotten better every year as a shooter. gets get shooting forty five percent from three right now. I mean I, I don't know that that's sustainable. But he's clearly made some strides, you know, with his this, with his shooting from outside the arc.
2: Do we know who Tennessee's playing Thursday night? The not not the team name, but the mascot name yet.
1: EEC. Yeah, I, I apologize, man. I did not go and, and research. That was and your homework. I did not. I got I got <laughs> seventy two hours. <Oof. laughs>
2: All right, we'll cover it all right here, Grant Ramey and and Rob Lewis, Tennessee on Thursday night, Tennessee Hoops, Tennessee Recruiting, Tennessee in the Transfer Portal. Mention that signing day deal. It's up until tomorrow, $54.99 for unlimited access, your first year over here at ballquest.com. As always, thank you to Exterior Home Solutions for allowing us to do this podcast. 865-524-5888 or visit them online at Solutions dot com for awesome Price, where I don't know where he went, but he left. He was here for a moment. Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. Thank you so much for joining us here on the BallQuest Podcast. You've been listening to the BallQuest Podcast every week here on BallQuest.